Uh, <laughs> uh, Yo, man. Uh, Ethan, I, hello. Just, <laughs> I literally just inhaled to just give a hello, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I just died. You had a nice freakout sesh going. That was fun. <laughs> I just swallowed. I thought you were just joking. It looked no, very was, dramatic. Because we were eating grapes right now, like my favorite fruit from the other episode. Actually... Dehydrated, re- dehydrated, <laughs> dehydrated raisins. raisins. Of course. Yeah. It's just oh, man. skin. I, okay, I'm going to put the intro music back on so I can give like a hello dude because I, I feel like we haven't had a good ep- yes, nope. yes. Nope. Fine. I mean, I edit the episodes. That's true. So, okay. Uh, uh, no, it's also nearly as good. Just cut it again. We, we, I mean, we have, to, we have to do it like simultaneously. All right. Uh, hello, dude. Okay, that, that took way too long. All right, welcome to Kill 'Em with Love. We are live from the studio right now. I'm Luke Killam. I am also Luke Killam. That's accurate, right? Uh, sure. All right, we are a Christian Q and A theology and discussion podcast, and our goal here at Kill 'Em with Love is to answer hard questions, be a witness of the gospel, and model how the Christian. Should seek truth. Gosh, yes. Man, Christians should seek truth. I bet you can say that three times fast. Christians should seek truth. Christians should seek truth. Okay, look. Say it one time fast. Three words. Answer, witness, model. I love it, dude. You came up with that? I I love it. I appreciate that, man. That's beautiful. Yes, man. All right, sick. So (laughs) we're going to hit the uh, the segment today, guys. Oh, segment? Segment music right now? Yeah. Yeah, segment's going. So what's happening? Wait, before this, actually... For segment music, so I can kind of get the vibe for it. Okay. So, like, what, what's it going to be? It's a game show. It's a game show. So, so, so should it be game show kind of style music? Yeah, or, if you want or, to. Or, or like, like, what kind of vibe do you want? Um, whatever, whatever you want to do. Okay, I'm going to do whatever I want to do, then. Yeah, literally whatever you want Sweet. to do. okay. So. No copyrighted music, though. Okay, just introduce a segment. Sick, all right. This is... Which, which one of these battles is real and two of them are fake and you have to figure out which one of these battles from history are real okay this is this, this is there's the actually best. a prize on the line this is the best title you've ever come up with i know yeah that's the title <laughs> of the game show uh there's actually a prize on the line what kind of prize if you get it right you get the prize and if okay. not i get the prize and you don't want me to have the prize Okay. Just a heads up. All right. Uh, I have... Yeah, okay, sick. <laughs> In this battle... All right, so I'm going to give you all three situations. Okay. So and you tell me which one's real. All right. In battle number one, one side hid at the top... Hid at the top of trees, but knowing this, the other side burned down the forest and killed the entire force through that method. Okay. Here's uh, battle number two. Uh, one side runs up a hill and then runs back down multiple times and in the end they win the battle because of that that's the entire battle okay you love to see it yeah you love to see it all right and this one one side catapulted their soldier (laughs) over the city's walls their soldiers over the city walls strangely none of the soldiers lived that were catapulted they didn't live through the, 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 yeah, catapult. the, catap- the catapult. They smacked the into the catapultation. Walls. Yeah, the yeah. catapultation. <laughs> yes. All right, which um, one of these 
is real. You just tried to cheat. I saw no, that. I, no, you I, did. I'm, not, I'm not looking. I can't look see. At, I didn't. I'm actually not looking. Sick. All right. Which one was real? Which battle one was real? One? Oh. Battle number two or battle number three? So the second one was the running up and down. What was the first one again? The first one. That was really drawn out. Yeah, they uh, hid at the top of trees. Which one is which one's right? Real. Yeah. Which real? One's I think real. it's number two. Number two. Yeah, they ran up and down a hill. Really? Yeah. And hey, no, no, am I right? Yes, you're right. Luke, I love okay, you! So we got like a Spartan battle. Okay, so I actually have no idea the name of the battle because I know it existed. I watched a YouTube, vi- I watched a YouTube okay, video Okay, so on. we know it's legit. It's, I promise you it's real. I prom- <laughs> like, I've seen multiple videos on this uh, battle. But then I-, I couldn't find it. Like I searched exactly what happened, couldn't find it. So if anybody knows the answer... Email us because we haven't received a single email uh, <laughs> at all. At so all, far. From you guys. So and I mean, sick. Other than that, we've been getting great support not from you guys. But we have got no emails. It's like do not are DM a bunch us. of millennials and don't use email. Yeah, anymore. email us the answer. Like what battle this was? If there's any history buffs out there, uh, do you want to see your prize? Yes. What is my prize? It's some. Um, it's like a five by five inch uh, ripped apart. Um, little called bubble segment wrap. of bubble wrap. That so is. So you get to use that throughout that the episode. One of them didn't pop. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Oh, I think you blew out the microphone. That was awesome. <laughs> okay. Sweet. You're Sweet. welcome. Thank All me. Right. Thank me. Thank me. Thank me. I love you, buddy. Yeah. Lo- thank you for the. Well, yes. Thanks for the. Thanks for preparing for the segment. Yes, I uh, actually yes. I did it. Oh, look, it's our guest. It's cameo time. Um, I have a question. Uh, oh, okay. Hannah, Hannah Love has a question. So um, you haven't actually told me what this uh, episode's about. Is yeah. it about prophecy? Bro, did you I are, just prophesy? You just prophesied. She did not know that I'm it was about prophecy. It's not. It's not like I told you that before. Yeah, yeah. I. I'm just kidding. You're a prophet, Hannah. No, I am not. I. She actually. Isn't. I knew. They told me like. Yeah, she's two a prophet. Days ago. No, she's All right, actually. Bye. Not. All right, bye. <laughs> okay, see you, Hannah. Bye. Everybody, say bye, Hannah. Bye, Hannah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yes. <laughs> My phone. All right. So up. yeah, prophecy. So before we kind of talk about that, let's talk about this new series that we're kind of. Um, diving into with this, uh, with this credibility episode. and validity. Yes, you know it, dude. So I the Bible is the most celebrated book on the face of the earth, and really also the most hated. It is compromised of sixty-six books, and it was written over a period of fifteen hundred years. The Bible has around forty authors under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. These authors were very diverse. Some were shepherds and fishermen. Others were Pharisees and kings. All of these people were used by God to reveal His Word to us. That being said, the central claim of God's word is that it's God's word. That brings the question, can we trust God's word? Yeah, can we trust the Bible? Yeah, really, when we ask this question, we ask, can we trust God? This is one of the most crucial questions we ask for the faith. And we want to focus on this question throughout this series, which we're calling, as we said before, credibility, credibility and validity. I didn't know we were going for like smooth. a radio announcer type thing until halfway okay, through. Okay, sweet. Oh, I'd love to see it. We believe that, yes, you can believe everything the Bible says. And also, we believe that there is an abundant amount of evidence for doing so. That evidence may take the form of moral reasoning, scientific discovery, archaeology, history, uh, and so forth. Even biblical prophecy. But there is both credibility and validity to God's word. And today we want to focus on... Uh, the biblical prophecy. That's right. Yeah. So that's like the o- overarching question of the series. Can I trust the Bible? The more specific question. 
today that we're answering is can, can we trust biblical, biblical prophecy? prophecy? <laughs> Dude, you'll love it. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about the definition of prophecy first of all. Yeah, so, what's, what's prophecy? So prophecy is really the foretelling of future events. But biblically, it's, it's really more than that. Apart from God, there's no true prophecy because God is the only one who is omniscient. So true prophecy comes from God. 2 Peter 1, 20-21 says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That means man can't prophesy, only God can. That's right. And I think and, that yeah. just follows logically. You don't even need a verse to prove that. You can kind of mm-hmm. just say... Yeah, prophecy. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if some random dude figured that one out. Nah, probably not. It's probably God. That's right. So Isaiah forty six nine through ten says, "Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure." So prophecy of God. It's a promise from God. I would yep. say that's the best definition of prophecy. It's just a promise from God, and there's nothing better than assurance from God. And prophecy only comes from God because God is omniscient. He yep. sees present, past, he knows future. Everything. I mean, he knows everything. He knows everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of what omniscient. That's means. like what omniscient means. It means <laughs> no like way. Well, we we learned something today. Yeah. You, we, All right. Uh-huh. So, moving on. Let's talk about some fulfilled biblical prophecies. Yeah, so, Nathan, so, give us some like context and some some juicy off, facts. It's just. A lot of prophecy in the Bible, fun Yo. fact. Like, a lot. <laughs> we, we could talk about this for hours, honestly. Yeah. Yo, Nathan, do you know the first prophecy in the Bible where that's at? Uh, uh, I mean, this uh, it's Genesis 3.15. Uh, uh, Talking about the... Uh, the head being the crushed. The head being by crushed by the... Uh, yeah. He bruises heel and crushes yeah, How the descendant head. of David would crush the head of Satan. Yes. Which he did by conquering death. Yes, we love cross. to see it. Beautiful. Beautiful analogy there. Yeah, All right. sick. Metaphor. So uh, we've cool. got a ton of examples here. Uh, we're actually going to be just kind of rapid-firing through some of them, but for our first few, we're going to uh, really take some time and look at them. All right, dude. Uh, so first off, let's start off with Daniel 11. Ooh. Um, Daniel 11 is basically the history of um, everything going on around Jerusalem from like 600 BC, no, sorry, 480 BC till uh, Roman, uh, the Roman... Yeah, the Roman Empire. Empire, uh, which is like 30, 40, 50 uh, BC, um, which is awesome. Fun fact, Daniel was written in about 550 BC, I think, somewhere around there. I, I may be wrong. It's definitely, it's before 480, uh, which is real cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. <Really> cool. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to um, read Daniel 11 alongside uh, basically the history that corresponds to what it's being said. Oops. We're going to be using – you can find this information anywhere. You can literally just look up Daniel 11 yeah. history, and it will show you, you know. But we're going to be looking at UKapologetics.net if you want to follow along with us. They've got a resource on there. I, we're just using that because it has a – it basically just has verse by verse. Yeah, the, it's, it's, it's really easy, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's start off with verse 2. Verse 2 of Daniel 11. 11. All right. And now I will show thee the truth. Behold, there shall stand up three kings in Persia, and the fourth shall be far richer than them all. And by his strength, through his riches, he shall stir up all against the realm of Grisha. Yeah, so that directly happened. Uh, There was about three kings. 
Um, it's actually this is called a Hebraism. This is technicality. There may have been more kings. We don't know, but that's a Hebraism, basically saying these are the three important ones. Here's the fourth most important one. Uh, that's, that's rough. Yeah. Your name. Yeah. You didn't get included in the prophecy. Yeah. Oof. So <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's rough. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the fourth is uh, Xerxes, um, Ooh, who is oh, yeah. yeah of uh, of Persia. Is, isn't wasn't that Esther's husband? Should I think so? Uh yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. Sweet, keep going. Sick. Um, and he stir up, stirred up uh, the nations against Greece. Um, so, yeah, next. All right, so verse 3, right? Yep. And a mighty king shall stand up that shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. That's referring to the king of Greece, and it's Alexander the Great. Boom. Verse 4. All right, verse 4. And when he shall stand up, his kingdom shall be broken and shall be divided toward the four winds of heaven, and not to his posterity, nor according to his dominion which he ruled. For his kingdom shall be plucked up, even for others beside those. Yeah, so uh, those four sections are uh, Greece, Asia Minor, Syria, and Egypt. So after Alexander died, his kingdom was divided up into four uh, parts, uh, four main parts. Um, And it was not divided up to his uh, descendants. Yeah, that's right. And it was not nearly as powerful as his Greece that he had just created. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) the reason... Alexander, you silly boy. Yeah. He uh, the reason that it didn't go to his descendant was because when he was dying, they asked uh, Alexander, "Who does your kingdom go to?" And Alexander said, "To the strong." <laughs> and so his four generals. So his four generals started fighting against each other. <laughs> we we love that. Yeah, that was. Um, well, a bad decision, I would argue. God. Alexander the Great. Hold on, I'm chewing a grape right now. Alexander the Grape. Oh, Alexander the Grape. Sweet. <laughs> Verse five, please. Once you finish that grape. Okay. Or while you're finishing the grave. One or the other. There we go. And the king of the south shall be strong, and one of his princes, and he shall be strong above him and have dominion. His dominion shall be a great dominion. Sweet. So the king of the south is uh, Ptolemy the first of Egypt. Uh, Ptolemy or Ptolemy? Ptolemy, Ptolemy. I don't care. Pterodactyl. <laughs> Pterodactyl. It's, like, it's like a petit. It's like a Pterodactyl. Ptolemy. Ptolemy, yeah. Sweet. Ptolemy. Ptolemy, that's what it is, Ptolemy. Um, and one of his princes who became strong was uh, Seleucus, Seleucus, I think it's Seleucus, uh, Nicator. Uh, he began to reign over Syria. Um, so, yeah. Sweet, you'd love to see that. Yep. So, verse 6 now? Mm-hmm. All right. After some years, they will become allies. The daughter of the king of the south will go to the king of the north to make an alliance, but she will not retain her power, and he and his power will not last. In those days, she will be betrayed together with her royal escort and her father and the one who supported her. Yeah, so they'll be uh, they'll join forces is referring to a marriage uh, the daughter was given uh, in marriage. Uh, and then the daughter of the king of the south shall go to the king of the north to make an agreement. That's what we're referring so, to there. Sweet. Love to see that. Yeah, All it's right. really cool. Uh, so it's, sh- mm-hmm. it's already so much prophecy fulfilled. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just insane. Just, and it's like, it's, it's just yeah. crazy. All right. uh, she shall not retain the power of her authority. Uh, once Ptolemy II died, so this has actually been quite a long time since mm-hmm. what we just talked about. Since Ptolemy, the, or once Ptolemy II died, uh, Antiochus II put away uh, Berenice, Ber- Bernice, um, mm-hmm, who's yeah. the daughter, uh, and took back his former wife, uh, Laodice. I don't even know how to say this, but um, basically her dad dies and she gets divorced and her power basically meant nothing. Right. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, neither he nor his authority shall stand. Um, yeah, so <laughs> the person, uh, Laodice, or La- La- Laodice, um, didn't trust Antiochus II, and uh, she killed him. <laughs> she poisoned him. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so Ooh. <laughs> after that happened, um, yeah, after that happened, she uh, killed Everybody. <laughs> this, is, this is getting uh, the plot thickens. Yeah, you know so I mean? she uh. killed everybody and then had her son take the throne of Syria. So now there's like a new ruler in Syria instead Sweet. of... Uh, instead All right. Of, yeah. All right. Verse 7 says, One from her family line will arise to take her place. He will attack the forces of the king of the north and enter his fortress. He will fight against them and be victorious. Yeah, so uh, the shoot, uh, the one from her family lines, <laughs> yeah. the shoot from her roots, as uh, KJV says, um, is uh, Ptolemy the Third, which is the princess's brother, and so after she's been divorced, he comes in and he goes to Syria and mm-hmm. attacks the fortress. Yeah, fun. Yeah. <laughs> so verse eight. Let's hit it. Verse eight. All right. He will also seize their gods, their metal images, and their valuable articles of silver and gold and carry them off to Egypt. For some years, he will leave the king of the north alone. That's exactly what happened. Literally what we just <laughs> said is what happened. Which Sweet. already, just a verse just like that would be enough. Like, honestly. Yeah. And also, like, okay, you may have said it and I missed it. When was, this was like, if this is Daniel, this was the time of the Medes and Persians, right? And this isn't happening. Not even that. It's still, uh, it's still... Oh yeah, this is yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and this happened at during Alexander the Great, which was how many years after? Uh, like Alexander the Great was three hundreds BC. I think so, yeah. And so it's been two hundred thirty-five years ish. <laughs> so that's that's several centuries. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's just yeah. so crazy. All right. So you said verse nine now. Uh, or did you have any else to yeah, say on verse 8? No, just literally, literally, literally what was what said happens, is what happened. Yeah. All right, the king of the north will invade the realm of the king of the south, but will retreat to his own country. Uh, yeah, so then Syria will try and attack Egypt, um, and then he fails. <laughs> so like Sweet. what was just said he, is what happened. He dips out on that yeah. one. Okay. All right, so verse 10. His sons will prepare for war and assemble a great army, which will sweep on like an irresistible flood and carry the battle as far as his fortress. Man. Yeah, so... Um, man alive. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so his sons just went and attacked a fortress. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah, so verse 11 now, right? Yeah. All right. Then the king of the south will march out in a rage and fight against the king of the north, who will raise a large army, but it will be defeated. Yep, uh, so king of the south now is Ptolemy the fourth, uh, which is... Just saying, there's been time. Time has passed. Sorry, yeah. Uh, and then the king of the north is Antiochus the third, um, and Antiochus the third was defeated, just as like the like the first says. <laughs> All right, that's what happened. It's uh, so verse twelve. When the army is carried off, the king of the south will be filled with pride and will slaughter many thousands. Yet he will not remain triumphant. Yep. So uh, Antiochus there loses ten thousand infantrymen at Raphia, which is I would call. Several thousands. <laughs> That's a bunch. That's <laughs> Many a lot. thousands. Excuse me. Yeah. All right. So verse 13. For the king of the north will muster another army larger than the first, and after several years he will advance with a huge army fully equipped. Guess what? 
that happened. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Right. Yeah, crazy enough. I, you know what? I think we'll stop there. Honestly, because yeah. there are a lot of yeah, verses. I mean, we, yeah, we can go through this. We you can get the literally idea. even go through the book of Daniel and just like keep spouting. Yeah, stuff. you can but check I mean, out. Yeah. Isn't that just so crazy? Yeah. I mean, it's just laid out there like that. I mean, a lot of biblical prophecies like metaphorical. Yeah. This is literally like, hey. Directly, here's history. Here's your, here's your history book. <laughs> get it pre-order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So if you want to check that out, uh, ukapologetics.net. Oh, also, um, we came across this one while recording. EnduringWord.com Ooh, also has enduring a good one word. on uh, Daniel 11. So they're both uh, good resources on that. Also, uh, when I first heard about this, um, it was through a podcast I've been listening to called Bible Thinker. Um, and he had an episode specifically on Daniel 11. I'd encourage you guys to check that one out. You can also find it on YouTube. It's uh, the most prophetic passage of the Bible, Evidence for the Bible Part 5. Actually, that whole series is awesome. Um, but Bible Thinker, most prophetic passage of the Bible. It wow. is awesome. He just goes through all of it and basically did what we just did. <laughs> yeah, that's, so. that's pretty cool. Yep. So is, this, so is that all you have to say on your... Th- on that's all we've got on Daniel 11. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, Daniel 11. I mean, that's not even that's not I mean, it's half not, of what we've got <laughs> yeah, on you're Daniel right, 11. Man. And actually, Daniel 8 is a similar uh, passage, which you guys can check out. That's like just... Hey, here's uh, here's what's gonna happen. Sweet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, just go read Daniel for yourself. Yeah. It's, it's it's so it's so it's just so good, and it's I mean so many other prophets and, and books about you can go through. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. we've also got um, you want to go to the Ezekiel passage? I uh, do. Uh, go for it if you want to go for it. Go yep. for it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we've got an Ezekiel passage. Uh, it's Ezekiel twenty six. We're gonna start at three, uh, verse three. Excuse me. Um, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I am against you, Tyre, and I will bring many nations against you, like the sea casting up its waves. They will destroy the walls of Tyre and pull down her towers. I will scrape away her rubble and make her a bare rock. Out in the seas, she will become a place to spread fishnets, for I have spoken, declared the Sovereign Lord. She will become plunder for the nations, and her settlements on the mainland will be ravaged by the sword. Then they will know that I am the Lord. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. From the north I am going to bring against Tyre, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, kings of king, king of kings, with horses and chariots, with horsemen and a great army. He will ravage your settlements on the mainland with the sword. He will set up siege works against you, build up a ramp to your walls, and raise his shield against you. It, just keeps on going. <laughs> it does, yeah. Nebuchadnezzar is going to absolutely destroy you. It's, that's basically what's what is said. And so actually, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, very story, same yeah. year. Um, so we actually know exactly when Ezekiel twenty six was written because it gives us um, context. Mm-hmm. It says like during a certain amount of a certain time period. This is when it was that's written, cool. yeah. uh, which is five hundred eighty six BC. That very same year, Nebuchadnezzar, according to history, <laughs> starts a siege. That goes on for 13 years against Goodness, Tyre. yeah. And by the end of the siege, he has absolutely destroyed mainland Tyre. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's done. And all of the people flee to the island of Tyre, which is like right off the coast. Yeah. Um, it's like a kilometer off the coast. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so next we're going to go to verse 12. Uh, they will they will plunder your wealth and loot your merchandise. They will bring down your walls and demolish your fine houses and throw your stones, timber, and rub, rubble into the sea. 
I will put an end to your noisy songs, and the music of your harps will be heard no more. I will make you a bare rock, and you will become a place to spread fishnets. You will never be rebuilt, for I, the Lord, have spoken, declares the Sovereign Lord. Wow. (sighs) So, when you read this, um, you actually see uh, verses 7 through 11 are... Nebuchadnezzar says, he will ravage your settlements. He will direct the blows of his battering rams. Uh, his horses will be so many. Um, all that, yeah. All that. It's all him. It's, it's Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. But we also go back a little bit, and it says uh, in verse, let me find it. Um, verse 5, she will become plunder for the nations, and her settlements on the mainland will be ravaged by the sword. Then they will know that I am Lord. Uh, so it's for the nations that verse 12 is referring to when it says they. It's pretty cool. They will plunder your wealth wow. and loot your merchandise. Okay, now here's the really cool part. Yeah, the cool part. I was just giving you some context. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> um, just a reminder real quick. They will break down your walls and demolish your fine houses and throw your stones, timber, and rubble into the sea. Well, in 332 B.C., Alexander the Great attacks the island of Tyre using the remains of mainland Tyre from Nebuchadnezzar to raid to build a kilometer-long causeway, fulfilling verse 12, and also being awesome, I would argue. So he literally just takes... He, he takes, like, the wreckage from the entire siege and throws it into the ocean to make a road to the island. That is perhaps the coolest thing... Done. Also, the most horrifying. Ever? I mean, imagine being on the island. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and like halfway through the battle, and the, the reason our uh, our little bit today was our game show today was about battles was because a lot of this has to do with battles. But anyway, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, no. Like halfway through the battle, uh, Alexander gets some reinforcements. He gets some boats, and Tyre's just done. <laughs> was this judgment against Tyre or something like that? Yeah, yeah. It was judgment against yeah. Tyre. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> they should have. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, one more note. Isaiah also predicted the fall of Tyre a hundred years before Ezekiel did uh, in chapter 23. Wow. So, that's really cool. That's yeah. cool. So, you got any, anything else to say on that? Yeah, you want to do the quick fire right here? Yeah, uh, quick fire. All right. So, Babylon would fall to the Medes, according to Isaiah 13, 17. And... <laughs> <laughs> 17. 17. 17. 17. Okay, and that was fulfilled in 539 BC. When uh, Babylon, guess what, uh, fell into the hands of the Medes, crazily enough. Oh, yeah. Crazily enough. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Yeah, uh, Egypt would be looted by Babylon, according to Jeremiah and Ezekiel, and that was fulfilled in 601 BC. Wow. And Moab would be destroyed, according to Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Isaiah, and that was fulfilled in 582 BC. Uh, the kingdom of Ammon or Ammon, Ammon. or something like that. Ammon. Yeah, okay. I guess. <laughs> uh, dest- was, would be Maybe destroyed Ammon. by Israel, according to Jeremiah 49, specifically by Israel, uh, and that was fulfilled by Maccabeus uh, in the in second century BC. Oh, nice. Yeah. So and then which he, is Israel? Yeah. Is the yeah. leader of the Israel yeah, at the so, time. Was that like the Maccabees? Yeah, the Maccabees. I, I'm assuming. Yeah, the Maccabean uh, revolution. I'm assuming. Okay, yeah, yeah. so Edom was destroyed according to Obadiah, Ezekiel, and Jeremiah, and that was fulfilled in the sixth century by the Babylonian captivity. Uh, Nineveh would be destroyed according to Nahum, and that was fulfilled in 612 BC right. by <laughs> by Assyria. Uh, excuse me, Babylon. 
the Persians and the Medes all attacking them at once, which is <laughs> you awful. love to see it. Yeah. But then Babylon would uh, exile Judah for seventy years, according to Jeremiah twenty five eleven, which was fulfilled exactly by seventy like seventy years precisely. It's crazy, yep. isn't it, man? All right, so a lot of this has been judgment and battle and wars. I mean, yep. this really, we just really focused on the historicity, historical aspect. Yeah, so of most prophecy. of these focused, yeah, most of these focused around the time of judgment to the nations, which yes. um, which is kind of negative and sad and horrifying. <laughs> but there are plenty of other prophecies also yeah. uh, before, so but yeah, we so, just went into those because that's right. Yeah. So let's go into our next point, which is the greatest promise of prophecy. So the greatest prophecies, the greatest promises from God are found in the prophecies foreshadowing the Messiah, which is Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. I'm going to um, read from a resource from Answers in Genesis on the fulfilled messianic prophecies. We find out in Isaiah 7:14 that Jesus was going to be born of a virgin, and that was fulfilled in Matthew 1:18. We found out in, um, well, it was prophesied in Matthew 5, 2, that he'd be born in Bethlehem, and that was fulfilled in Matthew 2, 1. Mm-hmm. Also, Jesus lived a sinless life, which was prophesied in Isaiah 53, 9, and fulfilled, well, fulfilled in his life throughout the Gospels, yeah. of course, but also was mentioned in 1 Peter 2, 22. Yep. He healed the needy, which was prophesied in Isaiah 35, 5 through 6, and was... <laughs> recorded in Matthew eleven five, but also definitely happened throughout yes, the entirety. Throughout the entirety, yeah. Just speaking in specifics, all right. <laughs> so he preached the good news, which was prophesied in Isaiah sixty one one, and fulfilled in his life again. Yep. And in Matthew <laughs> eleven five, and he entered Jerusalem in triumph. Prophesied Zechariah nine nine, fulfilled Mark eleven seven through nine. Yep. And now about his death and resurrection. It was prophesied that he'd be betrayed by a friend, which um, we first hear actually in the Psalms, in Psalms 41.9. And that was fulfilled in Mark 14.10 when Judas uh, went to the chief priest to betray him. Um, and then we, did get, we hear about the soul, him, we hear about Jesus being sold for 30 pieces of silver, yep. which we hear about in Zechariah 11.12. And then it's fulfilled in Matthew 26.15. And Jesus, when he was accused, he remained silent. And... We hear that prophecy in Isaiah 53-7 and find it being fulfilled in Mark 15, 4-5. Mm-hmm. He was beaten and spat upon, which we hear about in Isaiah 56. Yeah, Isaiah 50, verse 6. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and is fulfilled in Mark 14, 65. He was crucified with sinners on the cross, which we hear about in Isaiah 53-12 and fulfilled in Mark 15, 27. His side was pierced, which we hear about in Zechariah 12:10, and is fulfilled in John 19:34. He was buried with the rich, which we hear about in Isaiah 53, 9, and it's fulfilled in Matthew 27, 57 through 60, where we hear he gets the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Mm-hmm. And he rose from the dead, which proves his authority. We hear about that in Psalm 16, 10, and it's fulfilled in Mark 16, 6. He ascended into heaven, which we hear about in Psalm 68, 18, and we hear about that in Mark 16, 19. It's fulfilled there. And now he's exalted at God's right hand, which we hear in Psalms 110.1. And then we find that fulfilled in 1 yeah. Peter 3.22. Huh. Isn't that just insane? And, and I, feel, I feel like there's even there's so much more than that, You too. don't feel like it. You know, there are so, so many. I, I don't even know the number on it, honestly. I thought I did, but then I didn't. That's sweet. <laughs> so, yeah. The reason that we know this is from God, I mean, the reason that it's fulfilled 
That's, that's how we know it's from God. Deuteronomy 18, 20 yeah. through 22 says, But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of any, if, of any other God, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thine heart, How shall we know that the word which the Lord hath not spoken, when a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord? If the thing follow not, nor come to pass, this, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. So when a prophecy comes true, we know it's from the yep. Lord. And so we see that throughout the course of history, prophecy found in the Bible has been fulfilled not only countless times, but also against immeasurable odds. Impossible odds, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, let's see. That's, that's so immeasurable. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to close out um, kind of this whole argument with the, po the probability of these prophecies being fulfilled. So this is some complication of research done by Peter Stoner. So the prophecy in Micah 5, 2 about the Messiah being born in Bethlehem, that's like 2.8 times 10 to the fifth power. Um, just uh, So the next prophecy in Zechariah 9, 9, the Messiah will enter Jerusalem as a king riding on a donkey. So one man and how many who's entered Jerusalem as a ruler entered riding on a donkey? That the estimate is one in a hundred or one to ten to the two. The Messiah being betrayed by a friend and suffering wounds in his hands in Zechariah thirteen six. That estimate is one in a thousand. The Messiah will be betrayed for thirty pieces of silver found in Zechariah eleven twelve. That estimate's one in a thousand. By the way, these are very, very nice odds. Yes, like they're, they're, these, they're very conservative. Very conservative. Like it said, uh, a, a king going into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. I'd argue it's probably more than one in a hundred. It's probably <laughs> one in a million. But we're going to say yeah. one in a hundred because I, we're that confident. Yeah. <laughs> the Messiah, so here's the next one. So the Messiah will die by having his hands and feet pierced, which is found in Psalms twenty-two sixteen. The estimate for that one's one in 10,000. And then multiplying all these probabilities and a lot that I haven't mentioned together produces a number, rounded off, of 1 times 10 to the 28. <laughs> so, so the prophecy, so dividing this number by an estimate of the number of people who have lived since the time of these prophecies produces a probability of all eight prophecies being fulfilled accidentally in the life of one person. That prophecy is 1 and 10 to the 17 or 1 and 100 quadrillion. By the way, it said um, all eight of these prophecies. But guess what? There are way more than eight prophecies. There are so many more. And that's so insane to think about. And to think about, this was no mere accident. This was no mere chance. This was, this was the design of God Almighty. And the next is like even the prophetic accuracy. So there's the prophetic, I mean, the prophecy in Ezekiel 26 concerning the city of Tyre, concerning the city of Tyre that we talked about. Mm -hmm. How Nebuchadnezzar conquering the city, other nations will assist Nebuchadnezzar, the city will be made like bare rock, fishing nets, stones and timber stones into the sea, all of that. Every detail of the prophecy was fulfilled exactly as it was predicted. So Peter Stoner, the guy who did all this probability, he calculated the odds of such a prophecy being fulfilled by a chance as being one in 75 million. Again, very conservative. So conservative. So conservative, yeah. And concerning all the other prophecies, he concludes that the probability of these 11 prophecies, which is like the prophecies concerning Samaria, Gaza, Ashkelon, Jericho, Palestine, Moab, Ammon, Edom, and Babylon, which is like somewhere in Ezekiel and Micah and Jeremiah, that all of these prophecies, if mm -hmm. written in human wisdom, <laughs> it's 1 in 5.76 to the 10 to the 59th power. Needless to say, it is a number beyond the realm of possibility. <laughs>
And Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus beheld him and said, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And Jeremiah 32, 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? So I think what we've really learned today is God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. Yeah. And if a promise is fulfilled, then there's a God. So That's if right. you're struggling with that thought, I don't know that this 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 podcast is going to convince anybody to become you know become a yeah. Christian. I don't know about that, I know. but I hope it, so. It, it, we pray it, it, so. It's just our job to like steward our platform. But if you're well. if you're struggling with like belief in something with doubt, as many people have before, as I have before, mm-hmm. looking at these prophecies, looking into these prophecies on your own, or just hearing them from us, uh, I I pray as a cur- an encouragement to you. Like yeah. that is. And so these are so true. You, you and I, can't and I hope do anything. as like Christians listen to this that you have more confidence in God right, Lord because right. of this. You know, so Isaiah is one of the coolest books in the Bible. It's one. It's not only the oldest like manuscript we have, which is like Dead Sea Scrolls, all that. Mm-hmm. It's almost a mini Bible. Isaiah mm-hmm. has sixty six chapters, and the Bible has sixty six books. So there's really this Isaiah phenomenon. That if you look at every chapter individually with its corresponding book in the Bible, there are similar themes. So, which is so crazy, it almost speaks to the um, canon canonicity of the Bible. What's the, plan. the word? The, uh, yeah, can- yes. canonicity. Can- but can- the canonicity. Plan. That's the word I'm looking for. That's, all right. So, Isaiah one two says, "Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me." Isaiah one four says, "A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity." A seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've clung to sin for satisfaction and purpose instead of God. Um, Isaiah 59 2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. Ecclesiastes 6 7 says, Even this, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible to hear just because of how true it is to the human condition. It says, all the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. Yeah. But here's the good news. Isaiah 118 says, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Jesus calls us to come to him. Isaiah 55, one to two says, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which is not satisfied? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. God throughout all of history has made himself known and has sought us out. And while we were still in our sin, he died for us. God wants us to seek after him and he wants us to follow him. Isaiah 55, 6-7 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. God wants us to be his children. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And God is calling us to repent. He wants us to trust in him. Repentance, it's not about perfection. It's all about direction. It's about who you follow. Trusting in God is leaning onto and into him with all of your being. Proverbs 3, 5-6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean, on, lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And here's another promise from God. 
John 6, 37 says, All that the Father give to me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And that's the greatest promise, that if we seek after the Father, he's not going to cast us out, no matter what we've done. Yeah. He came yeah. for us, and he loves us more than we can possibly imagine, fathom, all of that above. And that's the gospel message. So... This has been an amazing episode. I, I, this has been so good, like, the research of it, and Dude. just <laughs> this it's, is definitely the most work we put into one. Yeah, you're right, <laughs> which is which is good. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. So I want to really want to finish out this episode with a passage from Micah for um, it's like one through two and five. Um, it's just some beautiful words of prophecy. I did went, came across this in my quiet time just a few months ago. It just this is speaking of the Lord's return, and I just find it so much comfort as a Christian reading this. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it. And many nations shall come and say, come and let us go up into the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob and he will teach us, teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. For all people will walk, everyone in the name of his God, and we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. All right. So, man, you got any final words to say about prophecy, about God? Nah. Nah, man. <laughs> no. I mean, God's spoken for himself, really. Yeah, I mean, we don't <laughs> have to add anything to We don't that. have to add. I mean, we just kind of read it. God is who he says he is. Yep. And I pray that um, we've done research and laid out this evidence, but... We don't have to defend the Bible. The, the Bible, God's Word stands for itself. God's Word remains forever, and it will never it will never go away. So thank you guys for tuning in and listening to us. Um, we really appreciate the support. It's been, yeah. it's been awesome these past few weeks being it's able to do awesome. this. So Thanks, guys. Follow us at Kill em With Love. Send us questions. You DM won't. us there. You won't follow us at Kill em With Love. You better. You really won't. Send us your, you send us some emails at killmoblove at Send us some emails, please. Sick. It's right. kind of disappointing. Every time we check our email, there's like nothing there. So uh, yeah, except for our podcast it. hosting site. <laughs> we <laughs> yeah. send us emails. Yeah, we keep getting spam emails. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so we love it. All right. Well, guys, it has been a bomb time. Thanks, guys. And uh, yeah, go for it. And mm. that's a wrap. Goodbye, dude. So, intro, not intro, outro music. Stop playing, there's outro music. Haha, <laughs> I've played music. Dude. All right, peace out, guys. Peace out, guys. Epic. I need to go to work.